Hello, everyone. Once again, you're listening to Sunday Brunch with Adrian Goodson. And as usual, we have an all-star cast of ballers, which makes for a great show, featuring Derek Anderson, a.k.a. Mr. Kentucky, a.k.a. Mr. Buckets, who graduated from Doss High School out of Kentucky. He played college ball at Ohio State University and the University of Kentucky, where we know him so well from winning a championship. In 1986, he helped win helped win a championship for the University of Kentucky uh, with the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship under Coach Rick Pitino. He was selected by the Cleveland Cavaliers as the 13th overall pick in the 1997 NBA draft. In addition, he played for the Clippers, the Spurs, Trailblazers, Rockets, the Heat, where he won a championship, and then finally, the Bobcats. Derek, welcome to the Sunday Brunch. You know it's good to be here, Adrian. Always good to see my people. Absolutely. We haven't seen each other since. Uh, or talked to, to each other in a minute, but uh, we've had conversations after we were in the, NC, uh, in the NBA assistant coaches program in, you know, 2018. And that was that was awesome, you know, to get the opportunity to do some work with you guys and get to know you guys and see how you guys function and flow on that other side. I mean, um, you know, you're, you're, you're from Louisville, Kentucky. Actually, you are uh, from the area where basketball was discovered. You know, take us back <laughs> and, and, and talk to us a little bit about your walk and, um, you know, some of the things that influenced you and how you started, you know, bouncing the basketball. Uh, well, I think when I grew up, we were, uh, it was the Muhammad Ali era where he was pretty much coming back to Louisville and showing us that, you know, black kids can make it from the hood. And wow. for us, we, we had seen so much negativity uh, that it was just like, well, man, what, do we, what other options do we have? So to see him say, hey, you can make anything out of yourself, just do the right thing, be a good person. We started to go through our neighborhoods and everybody just started being cool with each other where normally we would be with odds at each other because you're from a different project. But he kind of brought stability and, and showed us that. Then Daryl Griffin came along and then we started watching him. And then we had we had more people in our in our path that were successful outside of the streets. So we we, we grab a hold to sports. Uh, me being 11 years old, I never played basketball. I never I played football. And uh just in the neighborhood. But then when you start playing basketball and then my home life was messed up, my dad left at 10 and I came home to an empty apartment at the age of 11 and I didn't see either one of my parents for 20 years. So I grew up in the projects with other people. And this is like 83 and 84. So I just gravitated to basketball saying, you know what, if I do good in school, I'm a good person. I play basketball. I can make, I can, I can get a better life. I, I followed that and I did it. And uh, that's how I started. And I just kept moving on from that. Wow. And that's an awesome testimony, you know, something that people just absolutely have no idea about you. And I was reading about that, you know, um, and you said it exactly how I read it, where oh, yeah. you were, you know, you came home to an empty apartment and, you know, all of a sudden you were, you know, being taken care of by the streets and learning from the streets. And what an awesome testimony to have someone like a Muhammad Ali yeah. come back home, come into town and then scoop you up and take you under his wing and say, hey, listen, if I can make it, you can too. And, you know, for a man who survived through so many things that we could never even imagine having survived through to come back into town and say something like that to you, that was definitely a building block for you to just take off. And you, 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 you took off, you know, Doss High School, you know, you, you, you had a fantastic career. You, you went to Ohio State. You know, sometimes we go to schools and we find out that that's not what's for us. But I can mm -hmm. tell you what, when you went to Kentucky, that's when everybody knew your name. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Well, a lot of people knew me at Ohio State, but Ohio State wasn't winning as much as Kentucky, like because we exactly. played against. So when you when you when you when you're a Hooper, people recognize it. But when I went to Kentucky and I and I and I showcased my game on this big stage, um, it changed my life. It changed everything. And just but again, like when you spoke about Muhammad Ali, him coming back and talking to people and talking to normal people, he didn't know we were going to be successful. He just had a kind word to say to us. And that's what we needed. We needed some good, kind words. We didn't need everybody trying to be tough and gangster. We wanted to see a different avenue, and he gave us that. You know, he made he told me write read books. You know, <laughs> well, nobody reading books like that. As far as just reading regular books, he said read something that's going to broaden your mind. Not so much, you know, like a Nelson Mandela Bella. He said read something that says positive stuff to build your mind, to build your mind, your, your character. Up. So for me, it was just a, it was just an amazing uh, feeling to have someone like him come back home. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And then you go from, you go from high school, and you go into, you go, you go over to Kentucky University. Not only are you a standout, but you're also playing with other standouts: Antoine Walker, Tony Delk. Um, what was it like playing on a team with them and winning the championship? You guys had a fantastic team, but I tell you, you had there was a lot of talent on that team, but you stood out. I remember watching you win that championship game, and I mean, young fella, you went <laughs> off. Yeah. <I> know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think what happened was I had already knew I was good because I played against those guys a couple of years before and I had like 20 some points. So playing against them when I got to, to Kentucky was wasn't a fear factor where a lot of guys be like they got to prove themselves. So what I did was I took a back seat because we had Antoine, Tony Dell, like they shot most of the balls. They had already been there in my first year playing. And I didn't want to come in and be on a losing team. So guess what I did? I sacrificed. I averaged like 10 points. But I was at Ohio State averaging 16 and five, six assists. Like, I could have did more. But I knew for us to win, we had to have sacrifice type of players. So, for me, I wanted to do that for our team. And, and Ron Mercer was – we had seven McDonald's yeah, all the man. Team. Seven. Like, that's incredible. Like, you had seven. I mean, we had – and then we had some guys on our bench that were just – were really like, like they're Mr. Basketballs of their hometown and couldn't even get in the game. Because it was so <laughs> talent. It was, like, crazy. So – uh, but we, but Coach Patino did one good thing. He he told us this. He said, "You live in the precious present, and you'll never have to worry about what tomorrow brings." He said, "If you handle your business today, tomorrow will take care of itself." And from that point on, man, we just played together. We hung out together. We fourteen of us go to the bowling alley. Fourteen of us go to the movie theaters. We wasn't with our girls. They were like, "Where y'all going?" It's like the team's goal. We we sticking together. We gonna make this work. And we didn't have animosity because we hung out with each other. When you get clicks and you see that now, like kid, three or four dudes hang with three, and then the other crew hang with other crews, like you got animosity because they don't know each other. We wasn't like that. We all stung out. We all, and so when we got on the basketball court, it was like if somebody got 20, we was hyping him up to get 30. Antoine, get rolling. Come on, Antoine, go to work. Tony, get hot. Shoot that thing, Tony. Like we were motivating each other instead of arguing with each other. And that's why we, shoot, we beat everybody by 27 points the whole year. Remember, we were undefeated. <laughs> You guys were rolling. I, I I swear, you guys were rolling. And then, you know, I, I forgot even about Ron Mercer. Ron, Ron Mercer. Ron Mercer was just, a, he was a beast itself. You know, and it's funny how you guys all ended up. Yeah. And you guys all ended up in that same kind of circle uh, when you yeah. go to the pros, you know, San Antonio and Houston. And then we'll, 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 we'll get to that too. But, you know, all of those things that were happening to you, you know, I remember as a kid when I was playing basketball and I'm getting ready to go to high school, to college, you know, and then 
going from college to making the jump to go to go to overseas. I was a little more, I was, I was more grown, but I still needed mentors and I needed people to help me. But when you're in that period of time where you're making that transition from high school to college, you know, it's so important who you listen to and who's in your ear and those people that you surround yourself with, who were those people that you surrounded yourself with? Who were your mentors? Well, for me, my mentors was growing up with school teachers because they were, they were telling me the realization of life. They weren't telling me to put all my, my eggs to say, Hey, if you don't make basketball, you know, you got you're not going to do anything. They were always saying, Hey, take, take your schoolwork as serious. You took your basketball. So he said, they say, take both the same way. So I would get on the school bus, do that. Some of my school teachers that, but I will be honest, the, the most influential person I ever had uh, is to hang around with was another basketball player. Uh, I mean, a football player uh, who became my best friend. And he and I saw people go to jail, die, die at a young age. So he and I said, man, we got to look out for each other. He said, if I'm going to pull your coattail, you pull mine if I'm messing up. So we held each other accountable. You know, somebody what he wasn't he late for school, man. Come on, you gotta do 50 push-ups. Come on. So if I'm running late, he gonna come knock on my door because I didn't have an alarm clock, so he would come knock on my door. Like we'd actually looked out for each other. So I didn't have like an older role model. I mean him and I just happened to be mature enough to say we're not selling dope, we're not smoking, we're not drinking, we're not partying, we're gonna go to school, play sports, and get out of this, get out of these projects. So we kind of held each other to a standard. And uh and then I watched other Athletes like Daryl Griffin and all them, I saw how they they didn't do things. So I kind of watched from a distance and I just took it from there. But I think now if you you got a lot more successful people, you should look at someone who's been there before. A lot of these kids would be they listen to a guy who's never done nothing in his life. And he's a new coach. And then you're going to say, well, he's telling me this. Well, he's never done it. How are you going to listen to him? Like if someone's telling you that they've been there before, you want to listen to them so they can you can avoid the pitfalls or, or the mistakes that they made. So I would always tell someone to listen to somebody who's been there before. You can listen to everybody, but you got to you got to hone in to the people who've been there before because they've lived it. So they can actually tell me what I need to do, what I need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important the people that you hang out with for you to be on the same page, because if you're hanging out with three or four thugs, then there you are. You're mm -hmm. hanging out with three or four scholars then there you are. And it really does define you, you know? And then, you know, the thing about basketball, the beautiful thing about basketball is that you get to, you get the opportunity to be around people that are just as great as you are, you know, mm -hmm. within, within, you know, with, with your talent and also, you know, in character and, you know, you can, you could be the most talented person in the world, but it's not your talent that's going to keep you. It's your character that's going to keep you there. And I tell, I tell young people all of the time, listen, you know, you could be a great player, but, you know, you got to also be good in the locker room. That's really, really important. You have to be a good teammate. You got to be a good person. You know, you got to be you, you got to be click free. And it's important. <laughs> and, and the thing about the clicks, you know, you, you get in trouble for being in a click and then you get you get in trouble for not being in a click. So it's just a, it's it's a two edged sword when you're playing sports. And that's why you have to be so mentally sound and not only mentally sound physically sound but more importantly spiritually sound and mm -hmm. once again you're listening to sunday brunch with adrian goodson i have Derek anderson here on the show with me we're just chopping it up talking about things talking about times you know right now is a really difficult time Derek and uh you know there's a lot of people out here nowadays you know it's 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 covid you know we have social reform we got issues going on all across the board 
how have you been surviving COVID? You know, I know that you're, you're doing a lot of things. You're a philanthropist. You do things in the community. Um, you're out there. What things, any new developments, anything that you ha have done during this time, time period during COVID? Because you know, it's like, no. oh, well, I, I don't have time because I got to go to work. Then all of a sudden, COVID-19. And now you have all of the time to do everything that you always thought about and can't imagine. Right, right. Well, I've been fortunate enough to be a to retire to basketball, and I've been able to be a stay-at-home dad. So I was already home every day. So, but um, I still had a job. I still have to work. I still put in work for other things. But my foundation is key, because I'm trying to save this next generation from themselves. And we as adults, it's our situation. Our scenario that we got to start planting better trees. A lot of these parents are allowing these kids to wild out, but it's their leadership that is lacking this making this generation fall off. And then of course, social media influences them a lot more. But uh, during COVID, man, I just felt like that. I just wanted to uh, continue to build um, our communities back together. Like you're not going to always please everybody, but the fact is you have to do something. You can't stand by the sideline, expect to get in the game and then wonder if you lose the game and you'd be like, well, man, I didn't do it. I didn't know this is net. Well, if you're not in the game, you're not going to help. Like you just got to do something. So for me, it was just getting involved and, and knowing I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, what I've done is got behind the closed doors and try to get these laws changed. We got the uh, no knock warrant change. So now you got, mm -hmm. we got that done, but we've been doing behind the scenes because everybody's rioting and protesting. But if you don't change the laws, man, these people not changing. We got to get in the real system. We, we protest and it's cool. But if you're not getting these laws changed and getting people held accountable, it's not going to change. It's going to slow down. It's going to pick back up years later. It's been going on for too long. They've, they've too comfortable about doing this. So I, I just wanted to get behind, you know, uh, the scenes to try to get these laws changed in some kind of way to protect us, protect all people, you know, especially black people. We've been we've been we're the only race in the history of the world been hung on a tree. The only race. So I think we just need to fake focus on, you know, getting all good people, white, black, everybody in the world, good people to work together. Because I told this guy the other day, I said, if you if you go, I said, do you believe in heaven or, or hell? And he was like, yeah, I said, so when you go to either one. Do you think it's only going to be one race there? <laughs> he looked at me and was like, oh, man, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. Because guess what? Wherever you go, there's going to be another race. You're going to have to live with other people. You know, there's no way around that. You can go to any country, anywhere. You're going to be around another race of people. you got to treat good people the same way. Everybody's just got to be good to each other. Nothing else. Just respect them and move on. Absolutely. And that was a valid that was so valid. That was a valid point. Talking about, you know, believe in heaven or hell, you know, when you get there, there's going to be somebody that looks different than you. You know, this yeah. is a melt. It's a, it's a melting pot is what it is. You're not going to you go one race just because you think you, you're good. No, <laughs> wherever you go, it's going to be a black and white person there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, which, which leads me right into the bubble. Uh, what 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 are your what are your what are your thoughts of that? I think the basketball is so hot right now. Um, it's just basically like going to LA Fitness and, and and watching these guys go go at it. You know what I'm saying? And they they look damn good at it too. Yeah. And so you know the girls and the guys. And I knew that if anybody could pull it off, Derek, mm -hmm. if anybody could pull it off, it was going to be the NBA and the WNBA. And you know we are the blueprint for every other sport. Mm -hmm. You know we are the segue into this new. COVID-19 uh, atmosphere generation, how to do things, how to stay, stay to, how to stay healthy, 
uh, you know, and developing this protocol. And now that they're in the bubble and they've been in there, now we're 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 at the we're at the playoffs. You know, I'm watching Boston last night, and uh, what a fantastic game! Mm-hmm. Look, looking forward, so looking forward to you know, uh, just the playoffs and uh, what that's going to bring, and the players handling the situation so well. And you know, we had that lockout for like two or three days uh, because the players just really felt like felt overwhelmed first and foremost because they were definitely even though everything was laid out for them adverse conditions you're away from your family you can't really be interactive the way that you want to be because Mm -hmm. there's a deadly disease out there you have to take a lot of things into consideration they shut it down they refocus they come back they say okay we're going to continue to do this if you were in a, a player in that room Tell us what you think transpired to make all of this stuff happen. It's a, it's a, it's a lot that goes on with that. When we had our lockout in '98. Uh, we went to meetings and whatnot, and it was a lot. Like I mean, I, when I tell you, it was so much going on, and it's not the same because this is COVID, and that was a different scenario. But everybody had their own opinions. Like you get so many mixed opinions, and like to get a final answer, it was tough. I'm sure it was tough. Like you wasn't. It wasn't like so. Well, hey, 90 percent here, 10 percent. It might have been 60, it might have been 51, 49. You know, and, and, it's, and imagine if 49% of the players say we ain't playing. Mm. Now you got a real issue. But but you said it earlier, we're a blueprint because we just hoop the hoop. Like when you look at the ballers in the WNBA and the NBA, most of those guys just hoop. Like you, you didn't have to give most of these guys a check because when they go in the gym, we just hoop. That's what we do. Like that's our mindset. So I think when they went to that bubble situation, I think they weren't looking at it from a a standpoint where I'm risking anybody's life because it was their own. It wasn't like, hey, fans don't have to come this and that. I think they all said, you know what? We're hoopers. This is what we do. This is what we love. Let's rock. That's just my personal thought that that's what happened. And, I, and again, so many people didn't believe, so many people were talking about not playing, but I think because you are, you are, uh, uh, that is the love that you have, you're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of love in that bubble, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just players just playing their hearts out, bodies flying everywhere. Uh, heck of hella, hella emotional, hella mm-hmm. emotional up in there. And, you know, it just feels like they're playing for something. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're playing for something more than a championship. Yeah. You know, and it, it looks like it. It's the atmosphere. You know, the women, you know, Brianna say her name. Um, just the whole movement. Um, and, I, you know, for me, you know, on the outside looking in, and I know this is this is with every other former player um, out there, what ways can we get involved on this? Because we're literally on the outside. So we're not playing basketball, but we're on the outside. What ways do you think that we can create change? Well, I think we're just, we have to go into it the same way that we've always gone to when we did play. You have to step up and use use your name, use your power use the information, use your connections. Um, you just got to step up and do something. Everybody's not going to be doing the same thing. Like, I'm a, if I was a guard, I'm a shooting guard. I'm not going to be going down here and trying to block shots. That's just not my role. You know, I'm going to go ahead and put buckets in a hole. I let you rebound, I let you block shot. That's your job. So for us at this, as retired players, we got to find a new role to play. But you got to be, you get, like I said, you just got to go get in the game. Can't sit back and just be watching. You got to go do something. And, and I'm not telling everybody they have to do whatever they have, you know, as far as, making you do something but for me was I have to get in the game some kind of way and that's what I've been doing just trying to find out what do you need from me what can I do here what can I do there and actually pulling things together I'm not out 
just here just to be trying to make friends or whatnot. I'm trying to make sure that we get things done for our community and for our people. Yeah, absolutely. And we have so many people that have attached themselves to BLM um, for the wrong purposes, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's for, you know, self-production or, you know, uh, to take the whole thing and, 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 and put it in reverse. And so you have to really be careful who you attach yourself to. And that's a really that's really important that you said that, that, you know, just connecting yourself with those people that can actually create change and, 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 and get you involved. And it's something as simple as you yourself going and, you know, speaking to your speaking to your uh, your city officials and, you know, getting in touch like that. And so those are things that I've done. And, you know, it's it, this, this, this community thing isn't something that we just started doing right. um, as professional athletes. We've been doing it for a long, long time. Um, and uh, from the CHKD, I mean, I know San Antonio um, was just an awesome organization to play for. Both of us play for that organization. You were there. You got the opportunity to be over there with Timmy. I don't even, I don't know if you were there when, with Ron was over there. I don't know. You weren't over there when Ron was over there. I was there when Ron was playing there. Okay. Um, and, and, and Ginobili. And so right. you, you, who, who was the all, all-star cast that you had over there? David Robinson, uh, Avery Johnson, uh, Steve Kerr. We had a good squad. Sean, wow. We had a really nice squad. Yeah, you did. Just now you're making me remember, you know, y'all were like uh, that. That was a championship ship team over there, too. Um, But, uh, you know, you go you go to Miami and get that thing. And, you know, you I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, wow, just the people that you were taking the photo, you know, right. you had that photo there with Antoine Walker. I see that. And then you're, you're there. I forgot about Gary Payton. Over the, there, and Jay Williams, and our bench were all star players at one time just a few years ago. Like, yeah, it was me, Gary Payton, Antoine Walker, and Alonzo Mourning coming off the bench. <laughs> like, 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 you got Hall of Fame, you got guys who've been starting and putting in work the, their whole careers coming off the bench, and we accepted our roles, and that's why we won. Nobody was trying to do too much, everybody accepted their roles, played their roles. You know, Alonzo Mourning had a lot in his tank still, and he was coming off the bench. He didn't ask for a trade. He didn't complain because of Shaq. He said, no, we're gonna, we, when my time comes, I'm going to go in and go to work. Period. Uh, absolutely. I'm looking – and that actually may have been the beginning of, you know, these superstar teams. You know, because when you look at that team, and that was back in, you know, back in the day. Not back in the day-day, but it was back in the day. I mean – if you look at it realistically, those, you know, you start to see the beginning stages of people building these superstar teams, but, you know, they left out the uh, let's all get along and play the role component together. So we could win the championship nowadays, but, you know, it's coming back. I, I'd like to definitely see a lot more um, former players in these, in the leagues so that the, that the players can, can, can understand what it takes to win. We starting to see more and more of it. So, uh, you know, it's an awesome thing. I, I definitely want you to discuss how people can get in contact with you um, and to help develop your community programs. I know you got a lot of things out there. Talk about some of the programs that you have going on in Louisville, uh, uh, in Kentucky, or even beyond Kentucky, yeah. and ways that people can get in touch with you. Well, I have a program. It's called Program U. And what that does is whatever we do, we try to convince, we try to work with people to do whatever they enjoy doing. Like you can get an education, but you got to figure out what's best. What's your best means of your life success? 
and it could be whatever it may be. We, we want to enhance that. We're not telling you, hey, you only can do this or you can't do or you're not going to make it. We want them to figure out what they're good at and then we, we, we enhance it. Uh, so for me, it was the first thing I want to do is get their attention as far as their uh, mental capacity. So I, we do things called everything is A-OK, which is acts of kindness. So for them, before they ever get in my program, they have to send a video of them doing something nice. It could be making up their mother's bed. It could be bringing their food, their brother's food, brother, sister, some food to the table. It could be cleaning up the neighborhood. Send me a video, then we can get you in a program. And then we help kids around the country. I mean, I got I got programs in Tampa, California, and in um, uh, New York. And we have uh, one in D.C. now. And what we do is just go around the country and we just put these programs in and implement them. And what they do is we act life out. So we don't just talk to them. We have them actually act it out. So it's like role playing. What would you do if this? What would you do if that? You know, you got when you get a job interview, shake someone's hand and the other person just says, yes, sir. And one person says, yes, the other person says, yes, sir. Which one are you going to hire? The one who said, yes, sir, because they're polite. You know, you got to start learning common sense people skills. So the program is built around built around common courtesy and then finding what you're 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 great at. And then we enhance that. So uh, you can go to stamina FD dot com. That's stamina FD dot com. And it shows everything that we're doing. Um, we're getting kids computers right now because some of them can't finish school. They can't they share a computer with their parents. So we're getting them computers. Um, but we're just making sure guys that they get an opportunity to succeed in life. And then we try to we try to help them from there. Absolutely. That sounds great. And also, what uh, what social media handles can people find you on? You know, say, hey, listen, I just saw this show. I want to catch up with D.A. How do they catch up with you? Uh, you can go to uh, my mine is Derek L. Anderson on all of them. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram's Derek L. Anderson. And then uh, my foundation is Stamina Foundation on all of them. And uh, you can catch me and see what we're doing. We're having a good time. I don't cuss while out. We just have a good time, have fun and motivate people. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, yeah, you are you are one of a kind. You're one of the few people who don't do a lot of things, you know, and and and, and, and is getting it done. You know, I mean, yeah. a lot of times people think that they need drugs, alcohol and mm-hmm. they need different components to, to survive or, or to stay up or to be happy or or to get to the next level. And you don't have to do those things. You don't have to be that way. It's OK to be your own person and, uh, you know, uh, and, and become who you are without the outside influences it's okay to 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 create your own lane it's okay to be robert frost and travel the road less traveled you know yeah you know on your own road exactly you know i always say to people i got miles to go before i sleep and promises to keep uh, robert <laughs> frost was my favorite and, uh, you know, I, something about that road less traveled. And it wasn't because I loved the I loved the poem. It was because that's what I was living, the poem. Actually, I'm over here missing birthdays, missing, missing, missing events, missing parties, missing anniversaries, missing Christmas, missing Thanksgiving, doing those different things so that I could have success. People don't realize how much it takes to be successful. And they also don't realize how many times they got to get knocked down and get up because you're not you met. Your success is not measured by how many times you get knocked down it's by how many times you stand up so mm-hmm. if you get knocked down seven times stand up eight you know and that's the way that it is and i'm just so blessed and so happy to have had you on this segment it's a segue to some greater things we're definitely going to do some more 
And once again, you're listening to Sunday Brunch with Adrian Goodson. And as usual, we have an all-star cast of ballers, which makes for a great show. We were featuring Derek Anderson, a.k.a. Mr. Kentucky, a.k.a. Mr. Buckets on the show. Peace <laughs> to you, brother. My I brother. appreciate you coming on the show. You know, I love you, sis, always. Cool. Thank you.